Here's why I'm asking everyone to bring their Bible this month. Why I'm asking everyone to bring their Bible on, on a Wednesday night, obviously because it's good to bring a Bible because we believe that the Word of God is truth and it's real and it's real for us in our everyday lives. But this month, what we're doing is we're taking a, a passage of Scripture and we're going to be breaking it down verse by verse. And we're going to actually be going through the actual Bible. Imagine that, which I mean, we do that anyways, but we're going to be going through the Bible and we're going to be breaking down some Scripture. And it may sound boring, um, but what it does, what we're going to be doing is we are intentionally planning on getting the word planted in our hearts and in our lives. And so we're, we're because we have talked about that this year, one of our one, six, seven things, one of our foundational things is the word of God. And so we want to intentionally have students bring their Bibles. We encourage you to bring your Bibles and to be into the Word of God so we can get that as a foundational thing in our life. And so that's why we're intentionally preaching through the whole first chapter of James this month. We're going to be looking at James, and it's going to be really good. So are you with me? Are you with me? Are you ready? Okay. Like, I got a question for everyone tonight, though. Have you ever met somebody in your life that is, like, constantly happy? Like, regardless, regardless of what's going on in their life. Have you ever met someone that's constantly happy, no matter what? Like, I, I've met a few people in my life like that. I know a, little, I know a few people like that. Like, like, these people are, like, the most positive person that you'll ever meet. They're happy. Like, like, here's the deal. Like, they could have, listen, listen, they could have got in a car wreck. They could have lost their dog. They could have broken their leg, but they're still smiling like those kind of people, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of joy in our lives? Yeah, I think it would be kind of nice to have that. Could you imagine having that joy that where, where you don't flinch at anything else going on in your life? Like, nothing's going to interrupt your joy. Nothing is going to interrupt that in your life. Like, there's this story of this young African boy, and he was a, a servant to the king that he was serving. And, and so what his job was, what he would do, is when the king would want to go on hunts, the boy, his job was to load the guns and get them ready for the king to just pick up and shoot. So he, was, he got the guns ready, and he loaded them up. And, and they went out hunting. The king and the boy went out hunting together. And one day they went on a hunt together. And the boy must have done something wrong because when the king shot the gun, it blew his thumb off. Right? And so the boy, he responded. And he, he, had, a, he had a history of responding to things that would happen in his life. He had a res- history of responding to things and saying, this is good. So all throughout his life, something would happen to him. He would say, this is good. And then when the king shot his, actually shot his thumb off, the boy, he responded, because he was the person loading the gun, he responded, this is good. Well, this did not make the king happy. The king was upset about it because the boy was the reason for his thumb being blown off. So one day, so, so he actually, right after that, he, the king was so furious, he sent the boy straight to prison. He's like, I'm so mad. I don't have a thumb anymore. Like, and, and because of you, I'm missing a thumb. And so the king sent the boy straight to prison. He was so mad. He was so angry. Uh, about a year later, the king is out in, in his kingdom, in his place, and he's captured by a group of cannibals. And I don't know if you know what cannibals are, but cannibals are people who eat people. 
So he was captured by cannibals and they tied him up and they were planning on eating him and they tied him up and they noticed that the king didn't have a thumb. And, and so they decided to let him go because they didn't eat anyone who was less than whole. And so the king ran home. The king ran home and he ran straight to the prison and he found that boy and he went to apologize to that boy and he told the boy what had happened and, and, and how the cannibals let him go because of his thumb. And the boy responded, this is good. This is good. And the king said, no, it's not good. I need to apologize. I sent you to jail. I'm so sorry. And the boy responded. He said, no, this is good. If I would have not been in jail, I would have been with you. He, he would have been eaten by cannibals. He was whole. He, he, didn't, he didn't have any missing parts or thumbs. He would have been the one beaten eaten. You guys are awesome. So, so, humor me here a little bit, people. Come on. It's, it's, it's not a real story. Oh, my goodness. It's not a, is this from the, that's why we're going through the Bible, because that is not a Bible story. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad we're talking about the Bible. Like, seriously, though, seriously, though, have you ever met those people, or do you know those people who find joy in all situations. No matter what, they find joy in all situations. A few years ago, for me personally in my life, um, my grandfather passed away. And my grandmother, when I went to talk with her and, and just kind of try to comfort her and pray with her, she was the one, it turned out, comforting me. Like, it, it, she seemed totally fine. She was just fine. And she found joy in knowing that my grandfather was now healed and whole and in heaven. She didn't have any, she wasn't sad. I mean, obviously she was sad to lose her companion, but she, she wasn't torn up. She wasn't sad. Her life wasn't over. She wasn't in tears. She, she wasn't a wreck because, and she still had joy because she knew where he was. Like we have this family friend of ours that I've known since I was a kid. His name is Paul. One day, I remember when I was a kid, Paul got into a car accident and his foot was broken. And and like he, he, he came by one day and with his wife and he had one of those like scooters that you like lean on and you scoot around on and his foot, so his foot could dangle off of there. And so he comes by the house and he's got one of those scooters and we're all like, oh, Paul, we're, it was actually a pretty bad accident and it was fortunate that the only thing that broke was his foot. And so we're like, Paul, we're really sorry about your car. Sorry to hear about all this stuff. And he responded, but check out this really cool scooter that I get. Like, he was not upset about the car. He was not upset about his foot. He was upset. Or he was excited about the scooter he got, and he, was, he would let us go on rides in it and, like, ride down the hill and stuff. It was awesome. Like, how do you have joy, though, when you go through hard things in life, when you face difficult things in life? And, and, and for a lot of our situations and a lot of things, it seems impossible. And so tonight, uh, I, I believe that scripture can teach us a lot on how to walk through trials and, and how to have joy in the midst of those things. So here's what we're going to do. You guys saw uh, just a minute ago that we're going to be talking through James. We're going to be talking through James 1. And so here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. All month long, get to know the book of James. 
And, and really, uh, really, we're, we're just, like I said, we're focusing on the first chapter of James. And so each week, we're going to be breaking down a different part of the book of James. And so here's what I want to encourage you guys to take maybe some time even this evening or throughout this month and, and read James and then read it with your journal or with your notebook and write down things through there that challenge you. Write down things through there that speak to you because possibly, maybe, we're going to be talking about these things all month long. And so you're going to want to know this. In the book of James, it's a powerful book. It's, it's a really deep book. It's a really, um, for some people, it's a really difficult book. And, and James, the author, he, he is very straightforward. And he really tells you how it is. And honestly, if you really get in deep into James, like, it'll kind of kick your butt a little bit. Like the way he just kind of talks about things and talks about how Christians are. So I want to encourage you to do that, to join with me reading the book of James this month. But how do you walk through hard things? How do you walk through difficult things when, when it seems impossible? How do you find joy in impossible things? So the first place we're going to look at tonight, obviously we're talking about James, but we're going to look at Romans real quick. Romans 12, 12, it says this, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. It says rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. See, it, it's hard for us when we go through difficult things to rejoice. It's hard for us to be patient, right? Do we have very, any impatient people in the room? Yeah, a lot of us are. It's, it's hard to pray often, especially during extremely difficult times. So what does this mean for us today? Like, how can we look at this today? So now we're going to jump into James. And here's, here's what we're going to do. If you brought your Bible, or it'll be on the screen if you didn't. We're going to look at, uh, this week, we're just going to look at James 1, um, 1 through 4. And actually, we're going to look at uh, two and four, three and four, because one and two is just kind of an introduction. And so, but we're going to read it all together. Uh, actually, we're going to read two and four. Two, three, four. Anyways, we're going to read it. Hang with me. <sighs> James, one, two through four. Are you with me? Here we go. It says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any, time, any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I don't like to hear that. I don't want to hear that. When troubles come my way, when difficult comes my way, I like, I, I, I'm okay. I just want to be mad sometimes. Like, I want to be upset sometimes. Like, I don't want to be like, when trouble comes my way, ah, oh, this, this is an opportunity for joy. Like, it kind of goes against our nature, Right? We want to be upset. And then verse 3, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And, and I want you to check out this. Here's the way the message translation says it. It says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure... Your faith life is forced into the open. Your faith life is forced out into the open for everyone to see. So when you face trials, you, the person of who you are is going to be out in the open for everyone to see how you respond to these trials. It's going to come at you from all sides uh, into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work 
Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. See, Scripture doesn't say if you experience trials. Scripture doesn't say like, ah, you might experience a couple things. Or Scripture, it's not light on this. It's very direct and it tells you like, it says, but when you experience trials, it's basically saying expect to experience some tough things in your life. You should expect this. It's a guarantee. You're going to walk through trials in your life. You're going to walk through difficult things in your life. And I know we have students in here from, from 13 to 18 years old, and we have adults in here. By a show of hands, how many of you guys in this time frame of life, you've gone through some difficult things? Yeah, I would say every hand in this room has, is up. We're all going to face some difficult trials. And, and I don't know if you're into this or not. Probably not. I am a little bit because I have to, but the Greek word for the word consider, it's actually a financial term that means to evaluate. So when he's saying consider these things, he's saying, I want you to look at these things and evaluate these things. See, another word of saying, way of saying it is this, determine the value of your trial. He said, I want you to determine the value of your trial. Ask yourself this, what do you value in your life? What are the things that you value in your life? When we often ask God to to make me into the person that I'm supposed to be, right? Like at at different prayer times or at different moments, we're like, God, I want you to, to help me be the person that you called me to be or make me into the person that you want me to be, God. And But here, here's the, the thing about it. We don't want any difficulties to come with that. Like, we don't want to be uncomfortable in any way. We're like, God, I, help me to be the person you've called me to be. But don't push me too hard. Like, don't challenge me too much. Like, God, make us sense to be that person. Um, but I don't want any discomfort associated with it. God, I'll go, I don't know if you guys have ever said this, but I've said this a lot of times in my prayers, especially when I was a kid. God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Go to China. Oh, God, anywhere but China, right? So like, it's like we're like, hey, we say, God, I'll do this, but don't send me there. Or God, uh, God, I'll go, I'll do anything you want me to do. I want you to go in comfort and talk to that person who's lost and hurting at school, the person who sits alone at lunch or in that class. God, um, could you send me to somebody else? Like, this guy has a reputation, and people might say something about me. They might might make fun of me if they see me with this person. Don't we put stipulations on God sometimes? We don't want to be discomforted. The fact is that God will use trials, he'll use tests to shape us to be the people he's called us to be, to mature us and to perfect us into who we're supposed to be. Like when we recognize the value of a trial, we can accept the joy from the Lord. See, a trial that we go through in life, any trial that we face or anything that we go through in life is not purposeless. There's a purpose behind everything, and and it's building into our purpose. So the bottom line is this tonight, and I want you to write this down. The bottom line is that God gives us joy in the middle of trials. 
right in the middle when we've been facing trials. And because and, there's been people that I know that I've seen that have gone through some difficult things. And I'm like, you should not be happy right now. You should not have a smile on your face. You should not find joy in your life right now. But God can give us joy right in the middle of trials. So how do we look at this? How do we apply this? Let's look at Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. It's like what we read earlier, James 1, 4. The scripture encourages us to allow the hardships that we face to produce the right things in our lives. See, going through difficult things, enduring difficulty is hard. It's not easy to do. It's a difficult thing. And here's the reality. You guys all raised your hand a minute ago. We're all going to face difficult things. Like, but I want to encourage you tonight that it, it's, it's a lot, your load is a lot lighter when you face those things with the power of the Lord. You'll find a lot more strength. You'll find a lot more joy when you face those things when you're relying on the Lord, when you've got the power of the Lord. It's, if we try to do it in our own power, it'll only cause more frustration when we fail. See, if we want to see our trials if we look at our trials as a way of God perfecting us, we have to change the way we talk about them. Instead of complaining and feeling discouraged, the scriptures even say to thank God. Who, who wants to do that? Like, God, I, I, I'm thankful that Jackson's car broke down this morning. God, like, God I'm, I'm thankful that um, I showed up to church tonight and our, our drummer who was supposed to be here got in a car accident. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that I, I came up to the room to set up tonight and our lights aren't working properly tonight. And like, these are all things. Lord, I, I thank you that um, I've got jury duty Monday. Woo! <laughs> like, no, no, this is not, this is not something I'm excited about. But like, we, we go through difficult things and, and the Lord says to be thankful through all of those things. It's not easy. And, and the things that you guys walk through and the things that you guys deal with are very hard and very difficult things. But God gives us an opportunity to experience joy in the middle of pain. I know there's been times in, in my life and in Kristen's life where, where we're facing trials and we're facing difficult things and our first response is to want to get mad and to want to be upset. But here's what we've done. Actually, actually, I learned this from Kristen. What we've begun to do is begin to pray when we're going through a trial, when we're going through a difficult time. And, and actually, like I said, I learned this from Kristen. And when we're going through trials, I, we've learned to play, pray, God, what do I need to learn through this situation? We've prayed things like that, like, God, what, do, what are you trying to teach me through this trial? When we're going through difficult things, we've learned to pray, like, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? I, I, I'm not happy about it, and I don't have joy in my heart currently at this moment, but God, you're, I know you're trying to teach me something. 
What do I need to learn from this situation? And I want, you to, I want to encourage you to do this. Practice. When you, when you go through difficult things, I know it's going to be hard to do at first, but as you begin to develop a habit of it, to pray something like this. God, I, I thank you for this trial. I, I know you're using this to perfect me and to help me. So God, help me to respond with joy and gratitude because you're at work in my life. I love how the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, we can face difficult things if we've got the joy of the Lord in our lives. We can have strength to fight through the difficult things because of that joy. So I want you to know tonight that God does not want you to be miserable, unhappy people. He doesn't put you through trials or or he doesn't make things happen to you for you to be sad and down and depressed and unhappy people. That's not his intent. The Bible says that the enemy, his job, what he does is to steal, kill, and destroy you and, and, and to steal your joy in the process. But the Bible says, turns right around and says, but God comes to give life. And not just give life, but to give life abundantly. It means he's going to give you a big life, a blessed life, an abundant life, like a lot of life. It's going to be good. But God's purpose is not to hurt you, to not destroy you. Sometimes we go go through things to learn lessons. So when you're going through things, say, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? God, what, what do I need to learn here in this moment? How, how does my, my spirit, what does my attitude need to be going through this situation? And, and I guarantee you, when you begin to pray like that, when you begin to think like that, your attitude will begin to change, and you'll be able to find joy in difficult situations. I just kind of want us to wrap up with this tonight. Um, I think most of you guys in this room are, are pretty well aware of who King David is and who he is in the Bible, and maybe you've got a little history of him, like he defeated Goliath, all those kinds of things. But a lot of times when we look at David or when we look at the life of David, we look at him as as king or champion or warrior or Goliath killer or musician or songwriter, even though like his instrument was a harp. You're like, "Mm, is that really? Like whatever. But songwriter, and like we look at him as like all these great things, but a lot of times we forget what it took to get him there. Like he was anointed king as a young man, but he went back to the shepherd's field. Like, and, and, and because it wasn't his time. And, and finally, um, Saul calls him up to be his harp player when he's sad and when he's tormented. And finally, and eventually he becomes warrior and Saul begins to get jealous of him. And multiple times, Saul tries to kill him with a spear and David has to run away. And finally... David eventually becomes king of Israel. And in that process, after he's king of Israel, he he has an affair with a married woman and he has her husband killed. I'm sure that in David's life, especially in this moment, in this time, he's tormented. He's hated by some. I'm sure that he's struggling. He, know he, he knows he's failed. He knows he's, he's messed up. He's made mistakes. But on the back end of adultery and trials of all kinds, in Psalms 51, he writes this. And this is a, it's, it's kind of a beautiful, repentant prayer. 
He uses this one line, and we've probably all heard it. We, you might even <clears throat> be able to quote it. You might even know it. He uses this one line, and it's so powerful. He says this, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Have you ever been there? Like, I know I have. Struggling with some things and upset about some things and mad about some things, and like, I'm not even happy anymore, and I'm, I'm just... I'm hurting and I'm struggling and I'm mad and upset and I'm going through things. And, and eventually, you're just like, God, like, where's the joy of my salvation? Bring back the joy of my salvation. Maybe you've messed up so bad and, and terrible things have happened to you or you've done terrible things. And you don't need anyone else to beat you up because you've already beaten yourself up. And, and, and here's what David says in Psalm 51. And, and I think for him, this is the, the cure for him. This is what helps heal him and, and fix him and make him whole. And, and he says this. He said, the, the cure for him, it's a broken and a contrite spirit. And basically, it's a, a repentant spirit. And for him, and a lot of times, our response should be, to be broken before the Lord and simply let the Lord heal you. And in those moments, and even in the moment of being broken and being healed, you can find joy. You can find joy. So tonight, like, how do we respond to this message? Like, how to respond to this? Like, we all know, we, we've talked about it, we've discussed it. It's difficult to find joy in difficult situations. Um, I want to encourage you to to find joy, to choose, not even just find joy. Sometimes we have to choose joy. It's got to be something that we choose to do in the middle of our trials. Thank God for the opportunity to grow you and to challenge you. Surrender to his perfect will that is perfecting you in the process. Tonight, everyone, I want you to just close your eyes, bow your heads for just a moment.